Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Welcome, everyone. Super Ninfrenos to Nintendo Voice Chat episode 600. 27 holy cow i am seth macy back from my german pain vacation this week we are joined by s-tier fan favorites john cartwright hello thanks for having me again wonderful to have you back of course industry legend cat bailey seth you survived oh I, my god i did i'm so happy I'm so and sorry that you had to go through that <laughs> 
I, I, there are details that I just can't share. This is a family show. Uh, no, and you shared it for us all before the show. Oh, that was just the tip of the iceberg. I won't, it's, it's not, I don't, hey, anyway, we bridging the gap from last week, we have returning guest Imran Khan. Thank you, Imran, for gracing us with your yeah. tear making experience. Thank, thanks for having me. And I'm glad you survived the curse of the bone church. <laughs> I didn't even get to go to the bone church. That's the worst part of all of this. It, we, we had planned it, but it was just, I ended up coming home because John Davison made the point. It's probably better to be in pain at home. And he was right. So mm. anyway, I'm back. I'm happy to be back. We have an awesome show. Kat, I believe we have some Nintendo headlines. That's right, Seth. Here's what's happening in the wonderful world of Nintendo. First of all, Ooblets is officially out. It's hit 1.0 today. Make sure to check out our review on IGN.com. It'll be on Nintendo Switch. We've been waiting for this one for a while. If you're not familiar with Ooblets, it's basically Stardew Valley meets Pokemon, and there are dance battles, very cute art styles. So I'm looking forward to what we have, uh, what our thoughts on that one. Uh, Konami is teasing exciting news about a beloved franchise. Nintendo Direct rumors are out again. September is a very popular time for Nintendo Direct to be happening, and it usually happens around this time. There's a one-handed Joy-Con adapter out right now. Uh, Sakurai only has 700,000 subscribers. I'm curious, have any of you watched Sakurai's YouTube channel? I have. Yeah. It's incredibly good. Yeah. It, mm. Even as someone who's not a developer, just the way he presents stuff and his passion, it's just entertaining. Yeah. I kind of wish the videos were longer. Like, I was like, oh, yeah. this, is, this is really interesting and neat. It's only been three minutes. They should make these longer. <laughs> Come on. We need to pump those numbers up for Sakurai. Somebody of his stature needs to be over a million, I think. Mm. Yeah, and he's that um, gold, gold button. <laughs> Yeah, he's really great. So, and it's a great piece of history as well. Um, I think we were talking about this in the last episode, but it really does feel like he's carrying the torch for uh, Satoru Iwata mm. and mm. just kind of bringing that genuine passion for game development. Uh, Shovel Knight Dig is coming out September 23rd. There's a Kickstarter for Wild Arms and Shadow Hearts revivals and Nintendo has revealed its million sellers with three uh, Super Mario 3D All-Stars topping the chart at over 9 million units sold in that relatively short uh, category. Did you all see these numbers and do you mm. have any particular thoughts on them? Yeah, I saw... What lesson are they learning from yeah. 3D All-Stars? <laughs> yeah. Do you think like it would have done that well like that well specifically like do you think numbers were that inflated because it was time limited i mean yeah. i think that that absolutely helped because yeah. we all thought it was going to be this rare cart and you're only going to be able to get they're going to do the nintendo thing where they only released you know five hundred thousand, a million of them for mm. a limited time so i have a, a whole closet full of them they're worthless <laughs> no that's not that's not really true but yeah no i think I, the, yeah. the 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 urgency helped push sales because we all thought it was going to be gone forever yeah. and you could still find it at like walmart some i have a cart that i've never opened i was just like if i don't get this maybe i won't get a chance Ooh, yeah 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 i think you and a lot of other people were the same the same way yeah 
Mm-hmm. Big FOMO, I think, with Super Mario 3D All-Stars, a collection that was as minimally, uh, as about as minimal an effort as you could possibly put in, but <laughs> paid big dividends mm. for Nintendo, I gotta say. Um, yeah. On the other end of the spectrum, Bayonetta 2 finally cracked a million units, uh, which, th- that's really great, actually, came out on the Wii U first, and I can't imagine it sold that well despite being critically acclaimed. Yeah, it's yeah I'm pretty good. sure it didn't crack a million on Wii U, so uh, <laughs> that's great. And Astral Chain, I mean, we, we knew it cracked a million already, but it's gone even further. I think it's like 1.2 million, right? Um, which is very respectful for a brand new IP. Yeah. I think so. Like, those are not near automata numbers, but those are in the upper echelon of platinum sales. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got to say, I'm check a out. little mm-hmm. disappointed ahead, to hear that Bayonetta 2 is... I, I, I don't know. I just thought it would be a much bigger franchise because the game's so good. So good. Yeah. It's kind of weird. I, I feel like there's an entire conversation to be had around this, but uh, action games like Devil May Cry and Bayonetta, like old-school kind of PS2-era action games, are a little bit of a, a niche thing. I don't know why. They're a lot of fun. Maybe they're seen as being kind of a little inaccessible or too hardcore, too intense. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say in that's fair. Event. Yeah. I'm, in any event, go check out the full list of numbers over on IGN.com. But our, our top story, the Calabunga Collection, Teenage Mutant hmm. Ninja Turtles, is finally here. Uh, our reviewer was Destin Legary, who gave it a 7, citing, among other things, really bad online play. And they weren't a big fan of the achievements, but they did say that it was obviously made by people who were huge fans of the TMNT franchise, not just the games, but the, the animation, the comic books, the entire milieu uh, with uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, my first thought when I was playing Cowabunga Collection last night, I was beating the arcade game with uh, some friends. My first thought was, we're kind of blessed right now with some really, really, really good retro collections. Mm-hmm. Mega Man, Castlevania, various other classic franchises. Feeling, feeling great. A lot of them are on Nintendo Switch. Mm. Yeah, a lot of them feel perfect on the Nintendo Switch. I want to do a quick little brag here. But look what came in the mail for me. Oh, look at that. Ooh. Ooh. I got it. And I haven't Holding opened it yet. The Cowabunga Collection yes, the, Edition. The limited edition Cowabunga Collection that I forgot that I ordered. And then all of a sudden, $150 <laughs> just disappeared from my, my bank account. <laughs> But if you forget you ordered it, then it's like you never like spent the money in the first place. So it's fine. That's exactly true. That is how Warren Buffett is actually so rich. He just never (laughs) thinks about the money that he spends. But uh, yeah, I am kind of uh, in love with the Cowabunga collection. And I'm curious to hear like what everyone else's thoughts are on it. John, did you have uh, a lot of nostalgia for Ninja Turtles? Actually, I think they were Hero Turtles outside of the US or any (laughs) of these games. So, um, Turtles in Time was a big one for me, but otherwise, a lot of these games I'm not actually that familiar with, so many of them um, I'm playing for the very first time. It's interesting in that perspective. Uh, I tried playing online, and um, I've got to agree with your reviewer, my experience was not great. Mm. But it's still awesome having this time capsule, and it's something Konami have been so good at lately, with like the Castlevania collections, and they had an arcade collection not that long ago too. Um, they're just doing an awesome job right now. And uh, yeah, it's interesting playing a lot of the NES games too, because I've seen like a lot of like 
retro videos on how hard they are and everything, but this is my first time trying them. And Jesus, the, the, uh, <laughs> the swimming level. Never tried firsthand before. It's oh, bonkers. That game was, that was my first video game that I ever owned. And it's shocking after playing that that I still liked video games. Because <laughs> that is incredibly difficult, even in like the earliest parts of the game. And I think I maybe got to the final boss once in my entire life. We are similar oh. in that regard. That was my first game. We got it for the Christmas oh, that I got wow. my NES. So we had, of course, Mario and Duck Hunt and Ninja Turtles. And as such, it was also the game that I played the most. And yeah, same thing. I got to Shredder one time. Every turtle had half a bar of health. And I was like, well, that's it. I never need to play this game again. I don't yeah. have to beat it. It's fine. I'm sure I tried multiple times uh, to beat it again. But yeah, that game is brutal. It's unfair. Some of the enemy designs are super ugly and gross. <laughs> and uh, I, I have so much, I have so much to say about the Ninja Turtles NES game in like specifically, but uh, yeah, I'm curious to hear cat uh, what your thoughts are on this collection. Uh, can I drop a cat take on y'all? Oh, oh yes. My cat take is I I think the NES game is good actually. Wow. Like <laughs> this year I decided I actually wanted to like follow hockey a little bit more than just the most casual of casuals. So I subscribed to a service that streams all of the NHL to your television. Uh, the Boston Bruins home opener. I went to watch it and boom, blackout restrictions apply, which I thought was kind of ridiculous because I'm still 200 miles away from Boston, but whatever. Had I had NordVPN, that wouldn't have been a problem. I would have just gone in, changed my settings to another geographic area, and boom, I could have been watching all the Boston Bruins home games like it was nothing at all. So now I have NordVPN, and I can watch the home games of my local teams streaming without being frustrated. It's the same thing with, like, Netflix. It has all these complicated licensing rules, which from one country to another don't really make sense. So something you could watch on South Korean Netflix, you won't be able to watch on the United States Netflix unless NordVPN, boom, switch to South Korea, and you're watching whatever Korean drama that you want I highly recommend you do that. I haven't done it myself, but people seem to enjoy them. And who am I to try to bring down people's enjoyment? Uh, NordVPN, more than just entertainment and sports availability, it's going to protect you, especially when you're traveling, when you're using public Wi-Fi. People are trying to get in there. They're creeping on you. Bad actors, people trying to steal your password, your bank account details. Who knows what the government's doing these days? I can't keep track. They're all over the damn place. NordVPN... It's going to protect you. It's going to protect up to six devices because I know you have at least that many devices in front of you right now that can hook up to the internet. Boom. Fastest VPN in the world. You're not going to get any buffering. You're not going to get any lagging. Uh, it's going to stop your ISP from bandwidth throttling, which they do. That's kind of sneaky, especially how much you're paying those guys. There's threat protection to protect you from viruses and malicious malware and whatever else. Uh, um unsavory actors are out there if you want to get the best discount off your nord vpn plan go to nordvpn.com slash nintendo vc that's nordvpn.com slash nintendo vc victor charlie uh that link is also going to give you four extra months on the two-year plan there is no risk with nord's 30-day money-back guarantee 
That's nice of them, and I appreciate that. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Wow, that is... I, Please. I literally, literally in my this. entire life, have never heard anyone say that. Okay, here's, here are my reason, here's my reason for it. <laughs> First of all, the art's not too bad. It's distinctive. Um, it's in line with the classic turtles look, which is more than can be say, said for like 90% of licensed games on the NES. Because if you sure. remember NES licensed games, oh those games were freaking grim. X-Men. Like, I know that this is like a low bar to clear here, but at least it looks like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which is more than I could be said for like, Back to the Future on the original mm. NES. Go check out that hot mess. <laughs> um, so it feels like the show. And also, um, I like that you control all four turtles. I like that it's not a beat-em-up. I, like, mm. I love the music. The music yes. is terrific. It's really, really nice. Um, it's unique. I, I haven't played a lot of games like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, it sort of feels like they try to do too much because there's the overworld map and then you're driving around in the party bus and you're shooting at things. And then there's the whole dam level, which look, the dam level is not well balanced um, and very difficult and very annoying. Um, but yeah, like it's the one that I go back to consistently. Um, when I was growing up, I was like, all oh, y'all, I, um, that was like one of the first Nintendo games I actually played. And I, uh, I made it as far as the Technodrome. Ultimately, and the Technodrome kicked my butt. It's brutal. Um, that final level is very brutal because you need to find the Technodrome and it's in a random a room and probably it's going to be draining your life the entire time. And life is very hard to come by in this game. But uh, yeah, uh, so I've never finished it, but I kind of want to finish it now that I have the Cowabunga collection. Maybe I'll just save scum my way through it. But, you know, by most measures, I think that as NES licensed games go, I don't think Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on the NES is that bad. It's right. definitely unique for a licensed game. I, when I think about that game, I think about how there's like 15 or 16 jumps in it that are just literal like two pixels apart with like mm -hmm. a ceiling above you. And they're just like, I don't know, make the jump. And they expect you to do it. And you oh, can't. Yeah. The <laughs> controls are so floaty. Yes. It's so annoying. Like you're constantly adjusting to those frankly pretty bad yeah controls. like even with no, rewind no, i don't know that i could get through that game well i will tell you with rewind i finally beat shredder mm. in spite of rewind all four of my turtles had one block of health <laughs> <laughs> yeah that game is um 
Here's the thing, Kat. I kind of agree. No, I agree with you. I just have so much anger in my heart towards that game. And I'm trying to get rid of that. Four days of writhing around in pain in a foreign country, it's ch it, it'll change a man. And I am trying to, to purge myself of these negative thoughts. So I will, I will definitely give it absolutely one of the best licensed games on the NES. Because, yeah, like you said, Back to the Future, one of the worst games. X-Men uh, also, I think these are all LJN games. Friday the 13th. Yeah. Both those um, LJN games. Mm -hmm. Not so Again, great. There. Giving with faint praise. Those LJN games were hot garbage. So. Yeah. And somehow we all have at least played one game by the Loris J. Newman Corporation. So um, I, I don't know if it's because it was my only game, but I played through it. I was like, this game is so bad. It's so mean. It's so frustrating. How did I, as a child, suffer through this to the point where I almost beat it? There are places where you... You, there's, it's literally impossible to avoid damage. You have to take damage. Either uh, an enemy comes as soon as you come onto the screen or there's a jump where you have to land in, in some spikes, but it's, there are parts that are literally impossible to not take damage. And the fact that I was able to do it at all as a kid just boggles my mind. Um, the fact that I finally did beat it here all these years later, uh, and I thought I was done with it, and wouldn't you know, guess what game I started playing? again and that was the of course uh, you did it's i don't know why i don't understand <laughs> it. if you play with donatello then you're pretty good one neat feature that i found out from the facebook group about the cowabunga collection is there are actually speedrun videos you can watch mm. so i'm watching somebody going through this making no mistakes getting taking no hits just killing everything with the boomerang they have like 60 boomerangs now I have not taken a wow. single hit so far but apparently i haven't tried this out i haven't tested it Apparently, wait, what is this? Is the Commodore? Oh, that's the DOS version. It's the DOS version. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. Now, talk about a garbage looking game. Holy yeah. That, that, that one is absent awful. from the collection. Oh, my God. I, I forgot. It used to make me so mad when I was a kid, and you're in a, in a sewer. This you, jump. You, yeah, and you, that jump right there, and you oh, fall into the water and yeah. you die. I'm like, you're a turtle. You live in the sewer. <laughs> what is with turtles and water in this video game? Because the damn level falling in the water in the sewers. They're just very bad at being turtles. Yeah. Mm. The, uh, well, actually, I, I spoke about this YouTube channel a few weeks ago, Displaced Gamers, and he went through and he found part of the reason that the, uh, the dam level is just so, so awful is a lot of the, the physics are glitched. You know, there's currents mm. and, that run weirdly, and like a lot of the hit detection is just You're being off. dragged down a lot? You get dragged uh, down into the- Whereas the, the radioactive macaro or uh, spaghetti, that yeah. will grab you there's a current there that will pull you down so it makes it harder and there are some places where the current pulls you left or right which makes it hard to get through those electrical dude this game it sucks so bad but i don't <laughs> i'm already back to playing it again like i want to i want to get better at it but you know enough uh talking negatively about a game mm. that i still like i'm curious as to what everyone's That's favorite game that they've loved my heart for it. anyway <laughs> um what everyone's like favorite games on this collection are john you said uh you weren't necessarily that familiar but what what is surprising you have about this collection what is really grabbing you if anything so i've still got to discover a lot of it myself but um turtles in time is a game i did grow up mm -hmm. with yeah and uh that's been one of my favorite beat-em-ups of all time and it's still just so fun mm -hmm. to revisit it's just one of those comfort games that you can just turn on anytime find the right friends and just chill out with uh, so that's that's still absolutely my favorite one. Are yeah. you playing the uh, arcade version or the SNES version? 
So I'm playing the arcade version, which I've never touched before. Never seen oh, a really? um, Tales in Time machine. Like arcade machines are pretty rare here nowadays. Interesting. Uh, yeah. The arcade scene in the UK back in the '90s and '80s it was existent, but nowhere near to the same extent as the US. Oh, so wow. finding an actual Tales machine is very rare. Um, wow. But yeah, it's, it's awesome playing this for the first time, though. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. I, I loved Turtles in Time as a kid, and I was like, I, unlike John, I was addicted to the arcade machine. I remember getting it home on the SNES and be like, these aren't the same bosses. This is not the same. <laughs> like the game is still good on the um, home consoles, but it wasn't exactly the same. So wait, you like the arcade version better than the SNES version? At, well, I was a kid at the time. I like, mm. I really liked that one more. And like the fact that I wasn't fighting a sand monster in the desert instead I was fighting like Mega Turtle, who was probably actually objectively a better boss. But like, it was just bothering Cause that was the time that like every game magazine would toss around the words arcade perfect. So if something mm. wasn't like correct, it, it was wrong. And like it was not the right game out of the same game. Those both those versions were fine. I remember when Ubisoft released it on uh oh, XBLA. Yeah. Yep. That mm. version was bad. And I was I, I was very like at, at that time I was like, I was legitimately upset of I was this game ever actually good or was this version just bad Aww. it turns out that version is bad because playing it now like okay <laughs> turtles of time is still great yeah i actually i yeah go ahead Seth. well i was gonna say i never I, I played the uh the snes game before i played the arcade game so all my love goes to the snes game um turtles of time is is one of the best super nintendo games of all time in my opinion and like john you're like you're saying it's a comfort food game like I, I remember i would just throw it in to my super nes and just play through it on like a rainy saturday afternoon and then go off and do my thing so mm. it's it's one of my favorites cat i know you are a fan of the snes version i think the turtles in time for snes is one of the greatest beat-em-ups of all time it is really fun to play the turtles um have a lot of interesting moves uh, it's much more fleshed out than the arcade version in a lot of ways. Um, so that like more levels and that kind of thing. Um, I actually really enjoy the hard mode. Um, it's challenging, but it's fair in a way that Shredder's Revenge, for example, was not. Mm. And it's stupid fun to uh, to do the the throw of the foot soldiers into Shredder's oh, yeah. camera. <laughs> a very gimmicky SNES thing. Um, and each level is distinct. There are really good range and variety of enemies. It's fun to play with a friend. Um, I I did not own a Super Nintendo during its heyday, so but I did rent it twice. And the first time I ever rented it, Turtles in Time, was one of the games that I rented because I couldn't get a copy of Street Fighter because they were all gone, sadly. But I did get a copy of Turtles in Time, and I played through that game so many times. Had a blast, finally beat it on hard, which was an accomplishment. I think it has a fighting game mode too, mm -hmm. kind of proto uh, tournament fighters. Really, really, really good. I, I really, really enjoy it. Um, I've never been able to get my head around tournament fighters per se. Um, it always looks like a cool idea until I actually play it and then I go, oh, I'm not really into this. I don't, I don't know if we have any tournament fighters stands in here. I mean, I enjoyed the game when I played it as a kid, but like, I don't think I ever really got into it per se. I think if you offered me like that or you know a legitimate fighting game, I might, I might not choose tournament fighters. I actually never played tournament fighters, so I still haven't played it yet because, like I said, I've been playing through <laughs> the stupid NES version of the game. <laughs> but I mean, is it 
what is it about tournament fighters that is there anything i should be excited about um well a few things okay. one is they're kind of rare it's hard to find the tournament fighters games because they were not really released digitally as i recall mm -hmm. especially the nes version that one is quite hard to find so being able to actually play it digitally is pretty cool um all three of the tournament fighters games are very different. Mm -hmm. So the Genesis version, oh, really? the version and the NES version, all different. And it's kind of a throwback to the days of the 16-bit era where you had a lot of games that were super different, like Shadowrun and whatnot. Um, the actual game is reasonably fun. Um, I think that's somewhat unbalanced. I think the purple dinosaur guy, who I can never remember what his name was, um, I think he might be maybe the strongest. Weirdly, the turtles themselves aren't super fun to yeah. actually play with IMO. <laughs> I think that's that's the main problem is that all the I don't know if they're actually original characters or they're just like they're characters I'd not heard of, but all those characters that are not the turtles are just like great in terms of uh like fighting capability because they're not limited to a source material, but also I don't want to play as them because they're not the turtles. Right. Yeah, who wants to not be a turtle in a turtles yeah. game? It's ridiculous. You wanna you wanna play as a turtle. Um What's interesting is I think the Shredder's Revenge folks actually used some moves from Tournament Fighters in uh, Shredder's Revenge, so that was mm -hmm. a, a nifty little callback. Yeah, I, if you if you haven't played Shredder's Revenge yet, I highly recommend that one as well. Oh yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's it's very good. Yeah, all all told, I think it's a great collection. Um, a lot of fun, really well done. A lot of options, so much material to just kind of pour through. Um, it's neat and uh. Oh, hats off to Digital Eclipse. Uh, I hope you get. I hope you get the online issues fixed with this one. I will say I started it up this morning and there was an update that got pushed through. Oh. So I'm hoping maybe that's a like an online patch because I haven't tried out online, but that just seems like the funnest way to. I mean, you you got to play those games co-op. Mm. Couch co-op's fine, sure, but I don't have anybody to play with. <laughs> I was but. playing with two friends last night through the original arcade game. I love the original arcade game. I have many strong memories of being in very smoky arcades, barely being able to see <laughs> as high as the joystick because I was a very, very tiny child. And I would always play as Donatello because they were the purple one. Because Donatello is the best, yes. And uh, that game is such a quarter muncher. It, oh, yeah. Once you get to Bebop, the game just goes, yeah, but okay, you're going to put some money into this game now. Yeah. And, <laughs> I put like 110 credits, and I think I used like 30 of them. At a wow. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a lot because you get to these bosses, especially in the back half of the game. They don't react when you actually hit them, and then they just do a boosh, uh, uppercut and knock you over. And it's, it's really, really, really hard to not take damage in this one. And then when you get to actual Shredder, Shredder will just keep using a mutagen ray to turn you into a turtle. It's a one-hit kill. Yeah. So, and there's clones of them, too. Yeah. So it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, the first oh, time but... you see the mutagen ray, it's like, oh, that's cool. Then you're like, yeah. oh, that's a one-hit kill. There's almost no way to avoid that. Great. Yeah. I, will, well, I do want to give a shout-out to the NES version, uh, which mm. is, of course, the sequel to the original uh, NES Turtles because uh, at the time, I mean, it still holds up really well. And at the time, it was one of the greatest arcade translations I can remember playing. And just me and my friend sleepover, just going through it over and over again, having a great time. But yeah, Cowbunga Clash. You could really good. cheese that game pretty easily by just doing the jump kicks and basically crossing really? up bosses. Mm -hmm. I uh, I owned that one on the NES, and 
I was disappointed when I got home to discover that it didn't look anything like the arcade, the actual arcade game. This, this doesn't look as good as the arcade game. And that's when I started to learn <laughs> the difference between the NES and the arcades in terms of power. But I still really dug it. It adds a lot of content. Um, yeah, it's, it's actually really good. And I kind of want to go back and, and play it. Um, I was able to, by the end, I was able to beat it without even breaking a sweat. But Dang. I think it would probably kick my butt now. Yeah, it's entirely possible. Uh, has anyone, did anyone check out the strategy guides that they have with each game? Um, I did. There's a little bit of a uh, press X to win kind of vibe with some of them because <laughs> they give very basic strategies, but they're written yes. in that kind of old school Nintendo power. That's, voice. yes. Mm. Mm. It's exactly what mm. I like about it. There's like art that's a little bit off. Like they really nailed the way that nintendo didn't nintendo power didn't do a good job with art um it's it's kind of incredible and the, that's yeah like you said cat like the, the tips not so great they do give some codes sometimes that you can enter in but other than that it's like you know it's like a like a john madden call like you gotta catch the football and run it to the end zone if you want to make a touchdown like yeah <laughs> yeah that kind of thing but you yeah, can tell a lot of, of people who like read nintendo power and egm and all that as kids. yes yeah, yeah, the the whole collection, like outside of the game, like you're saying, there's so many. Just there's the the documents and there's art and there's like programming, like outlines and sketches, and it's just it's a treasure trove of information. There's uh, the soundtracks you can listen to, and when you're listening to them, it shows a little cassette tape, which eh, uh, gets me right here because I'm a big cassette tape uh, person. But yeah, if you haven't checked this out, um, let's stop. is this the best retro collection on the Switch right now? Or is there a better one, in your opinion? Ooh, that's that tough. Such a good question because I think the the Contra and Castlevania collections. Uh, I, you know, the more I think about it, this might, yeah, this might be the best retro collection out there. Yeah, just I, in terms just of features, number. for sure. Because like, how many retro collections actually bother to try and put in online play? Like, I'm sure it's like it's not great at the moment, but you're not going to see that in like a Capcom collection or like a. You're not going to see the versus battles in Mega Man Battle Network collection, for example. Right. Sure. But you've also got like the Street Fighter 30th anniversary Ooh, collection, yeah. which has, you know, every Street Fighter game, every variant with online play for a lot of them. True. And uh, the online play is really, really solid there. You can play at Third Strike Online on the Switch, and it's, it's great. I think that mm -hmm. might be my favorite one. I think the Capcom Fighters collection that came out not too long ago is also very good. I don't. You yeah. know, if it's as good on Nintendo Switch, I know it's very good on other platforms, mm. but it has not only Puzzle Fighter, it has rollback netcode for all of those classic Street Fighter games. And I, I know a lot of people were going back and playing some OG Street Fighter 2 Turbo, including myself. It was great. Yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fan of all these retro collections. In fact, I think that all retro games should just be bundled up and sold to me again. <laughs> <laughs> You know, oh, I don't know, like some of these time. games, like Sonic 2, Mario World, I've beaten like, I, I've purchased, I'm, I must have purchased like five or six times. I think I have oh, Sonic yeah. 2. I think I have at least two versions of Sonic 2 on my Switch alone. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, now that you mention it, yeah, so do I. There is quite a lot of Sonic 2. There's NSO Sonic 2, there's Sega Rages Sonic 2, there's the Mega Drive Collection Sonic 2. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's such a cool thing to me that they 
it's not just the game. You're not just getting the games on a modern system that you can take with you. It's all the extra stuff. It's all yeah. the historic stuff that I really like. If I had one complaint uh, about the Cowabunga collection, as opposed to one of the ones like M2 does, M2's filters are just way, way better, I think, mm -hmm. than the ones that uh, Digital Clips gave. And if you don't know what I mean, like a CRT filter, a monitor filter, an LCD filter are your only um, uh, options on the Cowabunga collection. And they're good, but if you go to like the Castlevania collection, which was done by M2, the filters there are just, they're just better. And I think they give you like multiple uh, color schemes for the Game Boy games. And you know, if it's not green, if it's not puke green and black, <laughs> it just, it doesn't, it doesn't feel right. But it's also a great way to play those uh, Game Boy games because trying to play them on the Game Boy was literally impossible because all it was was a smearing disgusting mess until you, you die play in an analog pocket though oh that is true i had not considered the analog pocket great little device <laughs> very much that that is the uh the, the the retro collection that you have to build yourself but it's still it's quite lovely but yeah cowabunga collection i'm a i'm a huge fan i think i think it's good a seven is a good score Now we're going to ask, or we're going to, yeah, we're going to ask some questions. We're going to answer some questions in the question block. Uh, Ryan Niemiller, wait a minute, I know that guy, wants to know what's a game that is generally considered bad, but you still love it anyway. Now I have an answer and there's a clue somewhere in this room here, but I, John, what's a game that is generally considered bad, but you still appreciate or enjoy, or at the very least tolerate? Yeah, there's a lot of games that people consider bad that I still enjoy. And from my perspective, if you enjoy a game, it's not bad. <laughs> if you enjoy a game, it's a good game, in your view. Uh, but I've always had a soft spot for Sonic Adventure. It's, okay. it's another comfort game. I can just turn that thing on, blast through Sonic's campaign. Uh, I love the spin dash. You can just keep pressing it down and just keep going without any wind down. I think it's, it's a good game. Like, there's definitely points there where it's not so great. Like Not all of the um, characters are fantastic. I'm not going to try and like defend Big the Cat, but just Sonic, <laughs> Tails, and Knuckles, I think they're really fun. Big the Cat needs no defense. No. <laughs> he speaks for himself. Yeah. Why he's uh, big. John, John are, you, are you excited about Sonic Frontiers? Uh, yeah, I shouldn't be, but I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in this cycle where uh, every now and then I'm like, oh, it's not going to be that good. But then um, there's just this little snippet where it looks a little bit promising, and I'm back on board again. Uh, there was that recent clip where he's running through that city, and there's a lot of split paths. I'm thinking, this, this looks good. But then there's something else where they're just sort of reusing old designs, which I'm not so on board with. Um, but I'm, I'm optimistic at the very least, even if I'm also, was it Silver says in Sonic Forces? I'm an optimist, but I'm also a realist. Mm. <laughs> And Rob, what is a, a game that generally is considered bad that you, you find yourself enjoying or drawn to? Hmm. I, up until recently, that answer would have been near because like I played that game on 360 and I was like, oh, this is what everyone is missing this because at the time it was really critically trashed. But like there's been kind of a redemption arc for Yoko Taro games recently and with the remake, hmm. remake slash remaster, people have really come around on it so i'm not sure i can answer that one anymore i think uh i really i don't know why this game is so disliked but like this is very specific but like i know a lot of especially Mega Man fans don't like Mega Man zx advent and like oh. that's actually a surprisingly good video game 
that just never got much play because I think it was just people were done with that kind of game by that point in the DS's life. But it is an interesting game with a lot of very interesting mechanics. And like the 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 elevator pitch for it was that you had a bunch of different possible boss forms to transform into, and you could just select them with a touch screen with the with the remastered collection on Switch and all that. Use the right analog stick for it, but it was both well designed had a like a much more cohesive metroidvania structure to it than the previous game did and the the actual level design was some of the best in like at least recent mega man history i'm not going to go as far as to say like total mega man history but it does punch way above its weight class i think i think if people got to it now if they actually did get a chance to try it it would not be as disdained but at the time i remember being like the only person online who was like this game is great <laughs> yeah, that collection is is another one of those excellent retro collections. So mm-hmm. if you know people should absolutely check it out. I I reviewed this game, but I'd never or excuse me, I reviewed the collection, but I had no um like I had never played this game the first time it came around. So um yeah, I now I'm gonna have to go revisit again with a with a more positive eye <laughs> after hearing you <laughs> hype it up. Cat, I'm like really curious to know what 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 games fall into this category for you? Um, I I think I'll go back to the NES again. Um, I think that when you're growing up with a particular game system, if you get a game that most people would consider mediocre to bad, but you own it, so it's like whatever. I got it for a gift or something. I'm just going to play it into the ground. That for me was Ghostbusters Two, a game <laughs> that by and large was not a good game um, or movie or a good movie or movie <laughs> in, in hindsight. Um, liked it better than afterlife but i i mean if you're running through this game there's all this garbage on the screen that's trying to kill you at all times for some reason there's a spider chasing you i have no idea why um you're in the ecto one and you have to jump over these giant pits they're they're potholes in new york i guess i don't know um and then you get to the art museum and you have to go through with all five ghostbusters I finished that game. It was freaking Damn. hard. Um, wow. Yeah. I just played it so many times that eventually, eventually, I finished it. And you know, in hindsight, I, I liked the music. I liked Vigo looking over the city for some reason. <laughs> I thought the mechanics were unique. Um, when I, I played about 10 years ago, we fished it out of the Game Pro Vault and I just started playing it and all my muscle memory came back. Damn. It was amazing. Mm. And I got all the way to the Statue of Liberty that. level. Huh. Yeah, there's, this, there's a head. Which you can only control with an NES advantage. Yes, no, <laughs> this is a law. Um, so I, I got all the way to the Statue of Liberty. Uh, no, I think I actually got to the <clears> art <throat> museum and I managed to not beat the game. I died. Oh. But because the art museum is ridiculous. But yeah, I, <laughs> um, not a good game. But I played it so much that I sort of can't help but like it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the studio behind this are the one uh, just hiding underneath that video there. The How How Labs. I'm pretty sure made Ghostbusters. No way. I'm pretty sure it might just be the Game Boy version, but they uh they definitely were responsible for one of them. Oh my god. My question is: Was was the music just like digital chiptune adaptations of the Bobby Brown bangers? No way. Just over and over again. Also, they have a chiptune version of Higher and Higher, 
<laughs> um, yeah. Everyone has one of those stories of like, I had this NES, this licensed NES game based on a movie that I may or may not have seen that like <laughs> is, is either really good or like surprisingly good or just like absolute trash. But either way, I played a lot of it. Like, I think for me, that was Jaws. Like, and I can't oh, remember yeah. if that game was good or not, but I remember it distinctly. And I remember playing a lot of hours into it. I feel like there's a, a, not a resurgence, but people revisited that game in modern times and found out that it wasn't, it was kind of okay. It yeah. had some very interesting ideas, but yeah, I never, I never played Jaws. I just knew that that was going to be a bad game. The but. other one for me was Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, mm, which... Again, I think there were two of them on the NES, if I recall correctly. Mine was the one where you had to put together the puzzle pieces of the grail. And then when you got to the actual final scene where you picked the right grail, you had to know what it looked like. Assembling the puzzle was not easy because there was fire coming down a passage to come and kill you. So you had to do it in a, a quick amount of time. Um, there was also a brawl on a tank. A lot of mechanics going on in this game. It was... Again, not a good game. I beat it several times, so look at that. For some reason, that was the one. I there think it's it is. one of the. I think it's one of the rarest one as well. This was another gift. I, <laughs> I played it so much. He's <laughs> not good. Yeah, that was a thing back then. Your grandma knew you liked a movie, or knew that a movie was popular, and saw that you liked Nintendo, and just put two <laughs> and two together, and just ruined Christmas. Well, this terrible... is my aunt, and bless her, she was the what? only one who would buy me Nintendo games. Yeah. Oh, okay. So she she had a hit and miss, right? She got me Turtles 3, Manhattan Project, and nice. Batman. Good shout. Uh, but also got me Ghostbusters 2 and Last Crusade. So she was just kind of like, I mean, this is based on a movie she likes, I guess. She'll just get this one. So That was the wow. golden age where like relatives could walk into a store, see a game at full price and balk, and then go like, oh, there's a bargain bin where games are like $5. Yes. And just like pick something out. And there's like a, a not a great ratio, but like a decent chance it would be a, an okay game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean not always. Know. Like you would, you would sometimes find a Ninja Turtles like Manhattan Project game in there. And sure. sometimes you would find... Uh, what am I? What was that game I was thinking of a few seconds ago that was just terrible? Oh, you gotta be God. way more specific. <laughs> there, I was thinking of something that was like in my head as like the NES version of Metal Gear was one of those games I picked up for like five dollars, um. which not a terrible game, not the best <laughs> version of that game. Uh, remember, I got Kid Clown once from that thing, like a, <laughs> which was also not great. But yeah, th there there were some times where they would pick up gold from that terrible bargain bin. <laughs> yeah yeah i remember um when we first when i first got into this is a little bit of a side but when i first got into video games was during the crash like i was like six or seven and we got a ColecoVision. i distinctly remember going to sears with my parents and there being a huge bin of games that were one dollar and my parents would be like you can buy five games and so we just bought whatever had the coolest art and uh and that ended up with some uh, to be fair most atari 2600 games were pretty horrible mm. so but i want to tell you about my favorite bad game actually i have two of them and then the clue is right behind me it's faxanadu most people think that that's a bad game but i, I love faxanadu a lot there it is it's on my running on my old nes um i love that game i don't know why the controls are really bad parts of it are actually broken there's a, a 
like a item that you get that's supposed to give you more health and it actually or cuts down your health by 50 percent because there's a bug that they just said whatever kids are stupid <laughs> it's like a but, poison mushroom <laughs> yeah exactly it's like a but it's you know it says in the game specifically i think it even says in the in the booklet like this will give you more health and it doesn't and you never want to put it on i think nintendo power was like oh it's actually cursed wink wink so yeah there it is you can just see how ugly it is <laughs> how the jumping even even not playing it the jumping looks horrible hmm. uh, i i love this game so much it just captured my imagination i rented it one weekend and then didn't beat it and i just kept going back over and over again and finally beating it and loving it even though it is a bad janky gross game it controls kind of like this uh this tandy color computer game i used to have called anti-rad which is sort of a met same idea of like a metroidvania that's just awful gross disgusting looking game with horrible <laughs> controls and awful animations that i also loved and played a lot but the other game and this is a divisive game it's gonna be donkey kong 64 i am a donkey kong 64 mm. apologist oh. i love it when i say it every time i 101 percented it i Wow. I didn't even own the game. My friend just loaned it to me and I spent most of the weekend just playing through it, staying up way too late, getting every stupid banana. I love Donkey Kong 64. I don't care what anyone else says about it. But can it. you do the entire DK rap? No, I cannot do the DK rap. Unfortunately, I was too busy collecting bananas to learn the DK rap. So, <laughs> when it comes to Nintendo, Nintendo Switch Online, I'll have to learn the DK rap because it is pretty amazing and legendary. I love this game and I'm not going to apologize for it. And I think we need a new 3D Donkey Kong. So there it is. Thank you, Ryan, for the question. Jay Allen wants to know, with the success of the recent Ninja Turtles games, do you think a AAA Ninja Turtles game like Batman and Spider-Man have received would be successful? And if so, what type of game would you like to see? So basically, like, should Ninja Turtles get the Spider-Man, Marvel's Spider-Man on PS5 treatment? Yes, the answer is. Yeah, yes. I mean, it would be it would be great. I don't know that it would be like it would sell Spider-Man numbers because Spider-Man is one of the biggest IPs in the world. And right. Batman's like not far behind. So I think that's the main concern in like in terms of gauging success. But like I would play the hell out of it. I would enjoy that game. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah, I, I think that actually probably might just based on the excitement that Cowabunga Collection and Shutter's Revenge generated, at least on IGN.com. Yeah. I think that an open world Turtles game, if it was good, would go over like gangbusters. So are you pretty much just picturing the Arkham games with Turtles? Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. it'd be really fun. And I think that it would be a little bit like Gotham Knights, right? Yeah. Where every one of the Turtles yeah. would have different abilities. But if you drove around in the in the van, <sighs> you know, you had a lot of, of the uh, the Turtles characters from throughout the years. Uh, coming in maybe go for the i guess the 1987 aesthetic is the most nostalgic so if you went for something like that it could work but the 2000s cartoon was also really good and i feel like yeah a modern show could follow that like if you gave that platinum game like another three years and like three times the budget it would probably be a, a really well lauded game but the thing that came out was not that at all yeah just wait until you unlock the the blimp Get to fly around in the blimp. Oh, <laughs> up to four knots. That's how fast a blimp goes. Um, <laughs> I, I kind of want, yeah, like the Spider-Man open world thing, but I want it more based on like the Eastman and Laird uh, aesthetic. That's kind of oh, grimy, cool, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. just kind of gross and, and heavy. I mean, I know that it was supposed to be like 
satire of like daredevil and in marvel comics but like yeah i remember you know obviously my, my first introduction to the ninja turtles was the syndicated cartoon and i was like this is the greatest thing in the world these they're, they're ninjas of course you know 1987 ninjas were everywhere it was amazing but they're also turtles and for some reason that was really cool because they were mm. mutants um and then after you know watching that show for a year or whatever and then finding out oh no these they've been along around for way longer and then it's, it's this darker grittier comic and guess what shredder dies in the first issue spoilers for the first issue of uh teenage mutant ninja turtles but i would love to see that that aesthetic adapted into a, a video game and just yeah go crazy like, it was a cg film not too long i like but not too long ago, i mean like in the last 20 years there was kind of that aesthetic i think that could that would actually fit like a an arkham rocksteady style game really well yeah it would be uh, or or base it on the 1989 movie just have like animatronic uh, muppets bouncing around and doing all kinds of fun stuff anyway talking like about that. the first live action movie right yes those weren't Muppets, man. They were people. Well, they were suits. Jim Henson's Creature Shop. That's true. That's mm. true. You can buy those suits online. I don't recommend <laughs> I it. Yeah. I wouldn't even Google it because, like, the decaying images are actually really creepy. Yeah. They're smiling into your soul, actually. <laughs> yeah. So I think, yeah, I think Spider, or excuse me, Ninja Turtles would be well adapted to a, a big open world like that. So. Thank you for the question. Jay, uh, Chris Mullen asks, is there anything you would improve on the next Switch model with regards to the handheld button stick trigger configuration? And I think everybody has something to say about the button stick uh, trigger configuration on the Nintendo Switch. So uh, Imran, you look very thoughtful and I would like to, to hear your thoughts. I don't know that I'd change a whole lot. Like maybe it is time for Nintendo to just like meet the industry standard of like the abxy configuration that i they don't have to but at this point why not i do think this is not necessarily a configuration thing but they should stop being stubborn about analog triggers like they are used in video games there's no reason not to have them in the controllers anymore they're they had, didn't do it with the wii u and they didn't do it with the switch just finally just pull the plug or pull the trigger pull and the trigger. <laughs> oh, yes. thank you i agree with you on triggers but uh, the, the button thing that's blasphemy you can't change the uh abxy i, I bet say. if they did it people would be mad for like six months and then be like okay yeah it's fine now yeah <laughs> that's often the way yeah <laughs> well john what would you change anything you no know, i think um for a handheld, it has most of what you need. It's got the traditional sticks, the button layout. I don't think you can really offset the analog sticks much while keeping the ergonomics of a handheld in play. Yeah. Um, the D-pad, I guess, is the big thing. Like, you understand yep. why they do it, because they want to try and emphasize nice split Joy-Con play. But at least have a variant with the D-pad on. But I think there was a patent, which pretty much was that. It was just the Joy-Con with the D-pad. And we all thought they were going to sell it, but they didn't. Um, <laughs> And the Switch Lite has that, so uh, yeah. I think yeah, I think that'd be a nice option at the very least. But I, I get why they haven't done it though. Yeah, Cat, what about you? What improvements would you make? One of the reasons I didn't buy the Capcom Fighting Collection on the Nintendo Switch is that I think the D-pad is utterly worthless garbage for mm. the fighting <laughs> games. I just I can't I can't play fighting games with that thing. Yeah, no. I, so I ended up getting it <laughs> on the 360 or on, on the Xbox, which. 
it's not that much better, I don't think. These games really kind of demand a fight stick in a lot of ways. But yeah, I, I think I would improve the D-pad. I would have a much greater range of motion that would work better with uh, classic games and that kind of thing. Preferably on the on board the switch itself on the left Joy-Con. Um, this isn't also this isn't related to the configuration per se, but um, I've heard that maybe the HD Rumble or something like that might be to do with the the Joy-Con drift. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah. So because I think the PS5 might have similar issues. Yes, that is something I've seen crop up. A lot of people are saying that their PS5 controllers are drifting. Yeah, a... so I think that maybe for the next version, Nintendo step away slightly from the gimmicks with the actual controllers and just focus on usability and battery life and that kind of thing. Battery life is usually pretty good, but yeah. um, just making sure that drift isn't an issue. Yeah, yeah, I think that's probably the biggest single issue with the Nintendo Joy-Con. <laughs> um, I've had it happen twice, and it's not fun. Thankfully, I had the kind that you could just spray a little contact cleaner in and that cleared it up. But mm. as far as my, I, I agree with everybody, the D-pad, I think the triggers, uh, analog triggers would be better. Uh, overall, I, I'm not a fan of just the way that the button presses feel. They feel a little bit too... Mm. Mm, Clicky? I don't want to say cheap, but they don't, they're not satisfying. They don't, they don't feel like solid when I push them in the same way that they do on like even the Pro Controller. And the other yeah. thing is the, the rails, they, they creak. And that has bothered me ever since mm -hmm. I first... Put everything on. I'm I'm very surprised at how well it's held up because I thought you know within two years of of use those were gonna just be snapping off. But I don't like that creaky feeling. It's very unsettling. Um, but that's that that would be what I would change in the next iteration. Will Nintendo do any of these changes? No, they won't. They'll just do make a, <laughs> a, a a console with a trackball on it. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see eventually. Now to the big topic of today's show, the continuation from last week, the cliffhanger. Cat, let's make some tears for Nintendo franchises. Some tears from Nintendo fans, right? Um, yep. Everyone loved so, it. Everyone agreed with everything we said last week, so. Yep. Oh, yeah. Actually, I mean, I, I think that for the most part, people are like, yeah, it was all right. I think, interestingly, I was not expecting this. Maybe the most controversial pick was uh, Mother. Earthbound, which we put pretty high. We put in A tier, and there were a not insignificant number of people in the comments who were saying, "There's no way that Earth a Mother Four would break four million. It is the most overrated game on the Nintendo Switch." Uh, a lot of people siding with you, Imran. Mm. I and to be fair, I said like B tier, which is still like solidly in the middle here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. So just to recap for people who are listening on the audio feed, in the S tier, we had Mario, Zelda, Smash Brothers, Animal Crossing, Pokemon, and Mario Kart. In A tier, we had Splatoon, Xenoblade, Mother, and Metroid. The B tier, we had F-Zero. C tier was Star Fox and Mario Party. And also Mario Party was another one. There were plenty of people who thought that Mario Party should be significantly higher up. Um, <laughs> John, like 30% of those games are, are good, and then the rest of them aren't great. <laughs> <laughs> the most recent one is very good, though. Yes. Um, John, I mean, you're joining us for the first time. As you look at this tier list, what is your knee-jerk reaction out of curiosity? I'm not too mad. 
think there's an <laughs> argument now. <laughs> Not too mad. Uh, there's an argument, I think, that Splatoon is one of the big boys now. Uh, yeah. I think it's one of the, the most influential current franchises. But otherwise, I think, I think I'm pretty much in agreement. Yeah, there was a not insignificant number of people who were like, Splatoon, uh, it's Western bias to not put Splatoon much higher because it's so big in Japan. It does sell really well and that kind of thing. Um, Seth, yes, you're also a newcomer. What's your knee-jerk reaction? My knee-jerk reaction is that Mother is S-tier for Mother fans, but for everyone else, it's like C-tier. So for three oh, percent wow. of the population, Dude. well, I'm saying it's <laughs> one of the twenty-five best RPGs of all time. Just putting that out there. I'm, I'm just as a <laughs> franchise, like I don't. Mother I, three I, and Earthbound are really, really good. They I, are of incredible. course they're good, but like, like Super Metroid is one of the greatest games of all time. But it's yeah. Metroid is not uh, uh, an S tier franchise. Well, now let's see. I'm talking myself into Metroid being an S tier. There's only been like three mothers. <laughs> There's only been like three Earthbound games, and two of them are considered to be the finest among the finest RPGs ever made. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> Mother's so good that I don't even need another one. Like Mother Three was such a satisfying conclusion that I never need another Mother game. But I'd love for them to just, you know, celebrate Mother Three in the West somehow. Yeah. But, um, if it weren't for Mother, Ape wouldn't have gone on to form creatures. And creatures wouldn't have fund or helped fund Pokemon, and there would be no Pokemon. So uh, if you get rid- if you get rid of Mother, you get rid of Pokemon <laughs> through course of history. I'm not saying we should uh, eliminate retroactively from- get rid of yeah. Mother. We should <laughs> go back in time and remove sure. like just throw the code. I'm just saying, like I-, I think it's I don't know. I'll get a lot of heat for that, but no, I think there might be a number of people who agree with you because the Earthbound cult has become a little annoying. I think. Um, mm. Well, I I roll deep in RPGs, and Mother is held in very, very high esteem in that community. One of the most uh, popular hard drive articles I ever wrote was huge <laughs> Earthbound fan excited to play it for the first time when the Super NES. <laughs> That's <was> very true. Unfair <laughs> <laughs> fact. Um, looking at the remaining games, we have Advance Wars, Donkey Kong, Doctor Mario, Fire Emblem, Golden Sun. Kid Icarus, Kirby, Luigi's Mansion, Mario and Luigi, Paper Mario, Pikmin, Punch-Out, Rhythm Heaven, Legendary Starfy, um, WarioWare, Yoshi, and Arms. Well, part of the reason that we don't have a few um, more, of the, like we don't have Nintendo Switch Sports and that kind of thing is we tried to make we tried to make our own tier maker and it didn't go very well. So we're using an established <laughs> one and mm. there's some omissions. So please forgive us. But there's no uh, puzzle league. No, no, pu- <laughs> no puzzle league. Uh, is there one that uh, one of you all want to throw out there for consideration? I think Kirby should start at A. I think Kirby is an A tier. Yeah, yeah I agree franchise. with that. First in yeah. Sakurai is hard, right? And yeah. Kawada is hard, honestly. I think they're, they're, the quality of the games vary, but like when Kirby is when Kirby hits, it is easily like some of the best Nintendo's portfolio. Like Robobot and I, to an extent, Forgotten Land as well are like great games. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I would, and I would even when that. it's like not outstanding, it's still good. Yeah, I don't love Star Allies, but it's still a good game. Yeah, and they and all sell uh, like a million copies, regardless of quality, anyway. Yeah. And the range of spin-offs too, like it's always interesting. We just got Dream Buffet. We've also got things like Canvas Curse. Um, yeah, Kirby's just consistently surprising, uh, while also kind of being 
very just cozy all at once. Yeah. How about you, John? You have one you want to throw out? So uh, I'm going to be mean to Yoshi. I think Yoshi's Island, one of the best games on Super Nintendo. Um, Woolly World, outstanding game. Otherwise, I don't think there are that many great Yoshi games. Mm. And I think there are, he's more consistently average than he is great. So I'm going to be Yoshi in detail. Ooh. Ooh. Savage. You can Do you guys see. agree with that? <sighs> I think it's a C-tier franchise myself. Because um, I agree that especially the more recent Yoshi yeah. games have been kind of afterthoughts. Um, ha- it's had some wonderful and distinct designs, like Woolly World games. I can't say that if a Yoshi game was announced, I'm like, woohoo, cool. But I think just by virtue of the Super Nintendo game, which I agree is one of the greatest platformers of all time, that it does deserve to be in C tier at least. I, I would agree with Kat on that one. Like, there's at least two good Yoshi games, which maybe keeps it out of like the doldrums. But like, <laughs> also that that in terms of Nintendo priority, there hasn't been a, an actual Yoshi game for uh, four years, five years. Yeah, and Crafted it World was what 2018, 2019. Good lord. Yeah, and I yeah. I don't think they're like in a rush to get back to it. It's, the good feel is not working on a new one at the moment, at least. So, I think probably C tier is where it sits. Yeah, I respect that. Yeah, I'll, I'll, how about you, Seth? I think C tier is a good spot for Yoshi to be. It's it's because C is like, you know, oh, it's it's there, but it's also kind of for, you forget that it's there. I don't want to say it's forgettable, but it's like, yeah, it's <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Nintendo makes Yoshi games too. That's a C tier. That's a C tier. Yeah, uh, Yoshi. There. Yeah, there was a minute where Kirby was kind of in that tier, but I think the most recent Kirby, Forgotten Land, really. Kind of elevate it in a lot of ways. Yeah. yeah. And also, it has a stronger history than Yoshi IMO. So. Um, I want to I want to throw up Fire Emblem for consideration now. Um, sure. I think that Fire Emblem has really risen in esteem. Fire Emblem Three Houses sold really well. Um, yeah. I was looking at the sales charts, the worldwide sales charts, not too long ago. I. You'll need to refresh my memory, Imran. Was it at the 10 million mark? It did really well. Three houses did. I'm not positive it hit 10 million yet, but it did. It did quite well. It like it has definitely exceeded all previous Fire Emblem games. Yeah, I think that Three Houses brought Fire Emblem to another level. Fire Emblem was all. It's like Awakening saved Fire Emblem. Literally saved it. It was gonna die. It was the last. It was the last hurrah for the series. Awakening brings it back. It gets a new fan base, especially in the West. And then Fates was not extremely well received. And then Three yeah. Houses comes out, people just absolutely adore it. And I think that when the next Fire Emblem comes out, it's going to be a big deal. I think it's at least A tier. I don't know that I'd be willing. Well, based on what we have in A tier, I think Fire Emblem is A tier. My gut probably says B, but like I think it stands next to Xenoblade and Mother and Metroid at least. Yeah. Mm hmm. I yeah I think I agree with Ata. Fire Emblem has really come up over the years. Um, we've had it in the West since the Game Boy Advance and GameCube, but they didn't have the same effect as you know Awakening. Uh, so there there is definitely a history to it, and we got you know the NES one localized for a little bit. It was taken away from us. We had it for a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think I agree. Uh, Three Houses is one of the pillars of the Switch, in my opinion. I would go as far as to say it's one of the two or three best RPGs. 
on the Switch. I think Xenoblade Chronicles 3 might might have taken the title mm-hmm. Fire, Fire Emblem Three Houses, but it's up there. Yeah. For sure. They don't make Muso spin-offs of games that like are not successful. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Um and then there's Luigi's Mansion, another series that not well regarded when it came out on the GameCube. So many people used Luigi's Mansion to dunk on the GameCube back in the day. But now, especially since Luigi's Mansion 3, I think it's held in pretty high esteem. I think it should be relatively high up there as well. Yeah, 2 did very well. 3 did like extreme. 3 has outsold almost every like major Sony first party title. Like not all of them, but like most of them. Like it is a extremely successful series. I could see it. I the the floor for that thing is B. I might be willing to argue A. I think it's a B. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah. It, whatever the next Luigi's Mansion is, if it's if it's a, a runaway success and does some really fantastic things and, and elevates the Luigi's Mansion genre, then I think it could move up. But I think where it is now, it's it's a B and it's creeping up. It's it's yeah yeah. Yeah, I agree with B. It hasn't really evolved, is the thing. Like uh, Luigi's Mansion, each of them are very high quality, and the animation work in three is amazing. But each game still kind of has the same formula, you know. Mm. Um, I think if it were to become a tier, it has to sort of really have its big moment. Yeah, gritty open world (laughs) Luigi's Mansion. That's that's what we need. (laughs) It's been going up though to the point that it has its own identity, and I think. Yeah. And not insignificant fan base. And I think that a lot of people would put it on the list of must play Nintendo Switch games at this it's point. Definitely an S tier Nintendo Land minigame. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. The surprisingly fun arcade game. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one of the series to debut on the Nintendo Switch, ARMS, um, has its fans would say that the actual switch game was not that bad like pretty mm. fun actually yeah but you know it, it did eventually get its own smash brothers character there's a real sense of um kind of it being left to the wayside i don't know if people were super into the character designs which are a little weird i want to say d tier but no yeah, it, d i think is too far i think c no. is appropriate that game sold c. two million i think the character designs being good like it's actually like a a major selling point for me. The problem is they just didn't do anything with them. It was like if you took Overwatch, it was like no more lore for you. This is just what you get. That's kind of what they did with Arms. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna arms. go for D. Yeah, I think I, I think I, I think it's C. I mean, Arms is really good, but it's not it's not a franchise. You know, it doesn't have the same staying power as a lot of these games. Um, I, th- I think in like 10 years, people will be like, oh man, remember ARMS? <laughs> and there are some great designs. Lola Pop's an amazing design, Twin Tail's an amazing design. It's a really fun game. Yeah. But I think if ARMS were to be any higher than C, I'd need to, it'd need to be a bigger franchise than it is right now. So I- I'm saying C, I don't think it's a D. What do you think would be the reaction if ARMS 2 got announced tomorrow? I think yeah. people would be like, "Oh, so Mario Kart Nine is just forever away." But I think <laughs> yeah, that's probably it. But I think there would be like probably it would probably sell about as much or maybe a little bit more than the previous game. But I think that that thing's ceiling is like two million copies, period. And I think if Arms Two got announced, he'd be like, "Okay, cool. Who's the roster?" 
this time. Mm. I think that ARMS benefited greatly from being a launch window game. People were so excited about the Nintendo Switch. They went out and bought ARMS. Um, I don't, I'm not saying it's a bad game or they didn't deserve to be bought, but I think a lot of its success just has to do with the timing of its release um, and people just hungry for anything Nintendo first party that they could get for the Nintendo Switch. So that is why I mm. think it belongs in the D tier. Not that it's a bad game, but as a franchise, I think it has, has done nothing. It has a lot. We of should growth. use the whole scale of this list, though, shouldn't we? <laughs> and uh, we've got to put something uh, in D. I, maybe maybe, maybe I this would, is worth D. Uh, putting arms below Mario Party seems insane to me. And there's pretty, like uh, putting it in D is so savage. Like there, there's like one or two things left on this list that I'd be like, oh yeah, that's a D. I would put Doctor Mario in D. I'd put Doctor yeah, Mario and probably yeah. Starfy in D. Yeah, yeah. Starfy. Starfy was all right. Sorfi is fine. It is capital F fine. I'll tell you, I'll yeah. drop a bomb. Uh, even though I love the games, I think Kid Icarus is a D tier. I think Ooh. Uprising. Uprising. Uprising is one of my favorite, like favorite games of the last decade. But really, if Sakurai, you consider, you're breaking his heart, man. I don't. If you consider the, the first cut two games, I'd maybe like, yeah, Kid Icarus isn't great. Right. So sixty six percent of Kid Icarus games. <laughs> Well, Uprising is probably the best game on 3DS, in my opinion. Mm. It is Whoa. so good. It's so well that made. Is, uh, I, I would not claim. allow that in D tier. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so maybe we can put... We have to, we have to <clears> pick <throat> up the pace ever so slightly. Yeah. Okay. So yes. I would say maybe Kid Icarus in C, and I'm fine with Starfy and Dr. Mario being in D, just because... Uh, that mobile game for Dr. Mario was so bad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't great. Um, with apologies, would we put Golden Sun in B tier? Yeah, I think B is kind of high, honestly. But oh, it's fine. Golden third, Sun, the Golden Dark Sun Dawn stands, isn't great. Dark I, Dawn I was a very disappointing third game. It really was, yeah. I, the original Golden Suns on GBA are really nice. Um, <laughs> yeah. On my other podcast, um, Acts of the Blood God, we're we're in the process of doing our monthly game pick, and it's looking like it's going to be Golden Sun, and I'm really interested to revisit that one because I didn't care for it back in the day. I thought it was oh, kind of on the same level as like Lufia too, in a lot of ways, but it was gorgeous. It was a beautiful GBA game. So. The thing about Golden Sun is that I'll always hold some degree of like anti-nostalgia for it because I like Shining Force better. <laughs> I I think uh, that I, if they I, announced a new Golden Sun, it'd be kind of a big deal. I think people out. would freak. Yeah. yeah, I think that'd be exciting. I love I, the original Golden Sun a lot, so I think I, it's. But I think a B is a fair. Place I think B, like next to Luigi's Mansion, is fair. It'll never sell those numbers, but like it'd be a similar pop. Agreed. Pikmin. Hmm, that's B? tough. Good, good <laughs> games don't sell well. Have very little like brand cachet i guess d is the way too low for sure no i said b oh uh b or c, c? i think would be where i'd say i think it's yeah. the same tier as golden sun yeah b yeah. i think is yeah i think that's fair yeah advance wars c b c. i love it i love yeah, advance wars c. nintendo doesn't even want to put out the one they've completed <laughs> what is going on with that? I don't know. I, I would bet it's a shadow drop, maybe, in like the mm. next direct or something. Oh yeah. It's a retail release though, right? And it's maybe. available like printed physical later copies. today. <laughs> yeah. And and physical release early 2023 or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think Paper Mario might be a just by virtue of Thousand Year Door. But there's also been like more 
misses than hits on that one. Yeah. Like the last three games are generally not considered upper tier of of even the Mario RPGs, much less the series. Mm-hmm. Let's say Paper Mario for B tier then. Yeah. Um, fair. Yeah. I would put Mario and Luigi yeah, probably good. right next to that. Yeah, I agree. R.I.P. <laughs> yeah. That was inside story. Paper Mario and Luigi games aren't that great. Yeah. I, I yeah. Paper Jam is a bit of a snooze fest. Um, Dream Team's good. Takes a while to get going though. It's really the first. It's it's more Bowser's inside story in yes. Superstar Saga that set that series. Bowser's inside story is like one of the better like Mario RPGs. Period. Yeah. And but like yeah, that's another one with more misses than hits. Donkey Kong. I, I almost feel like it should be A tier just out of respect. Yeah, I do. Does that I include agree. country? Oh yeah. Includes them all. Yeah, yeah. yeah if it includes if it includes like Tropical Freeze, there's no way you don't put it in A tier. I mean, Tropical Freeze is better than most games on this list, so... Yeah, like we talk about Yoshi yeah. having one of the best platformers of all time. Donkey Kong 94 is arguably the best Game Boy game? I'd say it's the best Game Boy game, yeah. 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 It's just, there's a lot of amazing variety with Donkey yeah. Kong. It's done so much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If Nintendo just did more stuff with Donkey Kong, it'd be Esther. Easy. Yes. Yeah. Mm, agreed. Where are you? Donkey Kong. Where are you? Yeah. Are you coming back? Uh, WarioWare, it returned recently. It did. It was not it a glorious return, but it did, it did return. It was a return nonetheless. It was good. Um, it just didn't have much mindshare, did it? It just kind of yeah. came. Uh, people liked it. They enjoyed it. But then they just didn't really talk about it after. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can see... C tier? I, I would say WarioWare C tier and Rhythm Heaven B tier. Ooh, Boy, I, I, I love, love Rhythm Heaven, Rhythm Heaven really but I don't know if it's B tier. I think it's a C tier as well. Mm. <sighs> Rhythm Heaven? Yeah. Huh. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, WarioWare I think... is really good. Um, yeah. But I think the last, like before Get It Together, the last proper game <clears> was Smooth Moves. They had a big gap where it was just, we had Game and Wario, which was, you know, that's all right. It was just kind of a weird spin off, though. Um, and we had Gold as well, the compilation. But it had a big lull. Rhythm Heaven, though, has no misses. That is just it has no misses. Quality. But I will argue that if you ask somebody uh, what they thought just on the street, what do you think of Rhythm Heaven? They'd be like, "What are you talking about? Is this some strange <laughs> cult that you're trying to uh, recruit if it me got into?" Announced, if a new Rhythm Heaven got announced for Switch, people would be pretty hyped. People would be. Hyped. Didn't Rhythm Heaven have, have like an ad with Beyonce in? Everyone knows Rhythm Heaven. <laughs> it's the Beyonce <laughs> it's game. A B. I think yeah. it's a B tier from just. The sheer quality of the series makes yeah. it a B tier in my, okay. in my opinion. That's fair enough. And uh, is that all? Punch Out. Oh, mm. I think Punch Out's the best NES game. I, um, I think Punch wow. Out. I think the Wii game is fantastic as well. But yep. those are that's two games over like thirty years that are like yeah. really so really RTS good. Game and also the, the Super NES game. game is also Super excellent. I think I think yeah. Super NES game is. Fine, but it's not anywhere near the quality of the Wii or the. It's never the Wii game bad. is. Yeah, I'm yeah. sad that I slept on that and didn't pick it up until like way later because yeah, that game is wonderful. Yeah, it's it is also like Punch Out is the definition of a problematic fave. Of yeah. one of the reasons that game is ever coming back is, boy, how do you make that? How do you bring any of those characters back or do something similar in 2022? Yeah. Street Fighter Two did it, or Street Fighter Six is doing it. It's like it's true. That's true. Uh, yeah. It's like Somebody. all these characters are coming from different or representing different countries and they're a little stereotypical and you... yeah mm -hmm. but I, yeah. I i think punch out is probably gone but i in that case i would 
I would want to put it in my personal list as a B. Yep. I could see a C. I think there's a very high chance Punch Out returns soon. Uh, Next Level Games are now a Nintendo studio. They've done Strikers, they've done Luigi's Mansion. Uh, Just their portfolio suggests that Punch Out is probably next, unless they're doing something entirely new. But uh, it's always it's always a franchise where we never know if it's going to come back. Mm. Um, we never know if a new developer's working on it. So I'd love to put it higher than B because I think a lot of its games are some of the best of their systems. But it's just it's just so inconsistent with when it actually comes out, though. Yeah. Yeah. So I think B. Yeah. Yeah, I think B is Wario- completely fair. WarioWare is in C. Yeah. Um, and Bayonetta, which is not a Nintendo yeah. franchise, <laughs> uh, it's technically the rights are still owned by. Sega, but for just for the lols, um, I would put it an A for me personally. But yeah, I would put it an A, absolutely. One of the best action games, like yeah. 3D yeah. action games, in the past 20 years. I, I think oh. I like it better than Devil May Cry myself. Yeah, I, I, I think I also... there's a decent chance three is better than five, Devil May Cry five. Yeah, there's a high chance. Yeah. All right. So the final list, looking at it, this is, is official. Official, official list: Super Mario. Zelda, Smash Brothers, Animal Crossing, Pokemon, Mario Kart, and S, Splatoon, Xenoblade Chronicles, Fire Emblem, Mother, Metroid, Kirby, Donkey Kong, Bayonetta, and A, F-Zero, Luigi's Mansion, Golden Sun, Pikmin, Paper Mario, Mario Luigi, Rhythm Heaven, and Punch-Out and B, Star Fox, Yoshi, Mario Party, Arms, Kid Icarus, Advance Wars, and WarioWare in C, and Starfy and Dr. Mario in B. I think that's reasonable. There's nothing standing out to me as like, oh, this is way too high or way too low. Maybe we should put more respect on Advance Wars, but maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I love I'll respect it when Nintendo starts respecting it. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, I I adore most of these franchises. Like, even if they're low on the list, I think there's value in all of them. But clearly, they're not all equal there. Yeah. 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 I agree. Well, what do you think, uh, dear listener? Do you? I'm sure you have plenty of thoughts on. The, various, the placement of these various games. So share in the comments, send us an email, talk to us on Twitter. We want to hear what you think of our Nintendo tier list. And also, where would you put Nintendo Switch Sports? I would actually put it in the A tier. The game is doing really well. And yeah. The series has a really Super strong fun. history. So retroactively, we'll put that in the A tier. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's our Nintendo tier list. Thanks, everybody, for uh, helping out. We did it! No Puzzle League's an S tier, by the way. It's not there, but just take my like Pokemon <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. 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 I was sorry. Does Penalty Pong technically count as a Nintendo franchise? Yeah. Lips, yeah. Lips Stump, um, stick is in yeah, Smash Brothers. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Penalty Pong is a classic. S tier. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is unfortunately all the time we have left for this week's Nintendo Voice Chat. Make sure to follow us on Twitter. At NVC Podcast and tell us your tier uh, uh, decisions of your own and whether you are not we are wrong. I'm sure you will. Uh, you can also submit your question block questions on the Facebook group, which is the unofficial official Facebook group. John Imran, thank you so much, both of you, for uh, being on the show. John, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at John Combs. I'm also part of Good Vibes Gaming, where we do a bunch of Nintendo stuff. I'm working on a video right now about Splatoon 1, which I've been revisiting, and it's surprisingly very active online. You can find games immediately. Most are Japanese players, but there's still a lot of purists playing Splatoon 1, apparently. And um, there's a lot of interesting differences, so keep an eye out for that video. That's, I'm very excited for that. Imran, where, <laughs> where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at ImranZUMG, or you can find me on fanbyte.com. I recently started doing a column where I look for 
games people might not have heard of or might have heard of and never really like investigated that much so like the first game i suggest is the ease series which is also on switch and those are games that if you are looking for a cool action rpg with like a heart of gold that's a good thing to try so look forward to more of those kind of columns Ooh, I like that very much. Uh, I want to thank Red in the control room. Also, I want to thank you, most of all, for hanging out with us. And remember, NVC is the only place where you can... Get the thing. Get the thing. Get the thing. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.